Aaron. This is Paul. This is Wayne. Well, hello, guys. Hello. Morning. How, how are you? Well, I just listened to you guys bitch about Loot Crate for the last five minutes, so <laughs> I'm that good. Well, it's going to be uh, bitching about Loot Crate with uh, Aaron and Wayne. That's going to be our new podcast uh, here There's at I need to talk about. It's just going to be every week talking about how things are delayed and how the things that we get aren't what they ought to be. How about that? <laughs> and speaking of which, uh, you can check out our fresh unboxing of the uh, Star Trek Mission Crate Way of the Warrior that just came out this week. Uh, you can find it on IOMGeek.com. You can find it on our YouTube channel. All the regular places you can find that video right there for your viewing pleasure. Well, arrived uh, bright and early, only six months late. Yeah. <laughs> and Paul, did you catch how I opened it up? <laughs> I did. And did you notice that? Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at the comments, but Aaron, uh, in the new Star Trek Way of the Warrior box, there is a code for Star Trek Online, I think, or Star Trek yeah. something. Um, yes. Two people have already asked for that code, so you may want to oh, check out those comments. I, I, I did not see those uh -huh. comments yesterday, but I will. Uh, I will send them a note. I'm, I'm yeah, pretty sure only one will will get it. So correct. We're yeah. going to need them to battle to the death, much like Davos and the Iron Fist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Davos. And the, we, we got the trailer for Iron Fist season two. And I got to tell you, it looks like perhaps they have fixed some things. <laughs> I don't, I, they, they better not be teasing me or I'm going to burn some shit down. <laughs> <laughs> the choreography looks so good in the trailer, especially compared to the first season where he doesn't fight. Yeah. Well, or, or light up his fist hardly at all. And, you know, I, I like the, the, the line that Colleen has in the in the trailer. How many times you lighten that fist up a night? I want him lighting that fist up all the time. Always all the time. I want it up and, and running. He needs to put batteries in that thing. The fist is his penis. Oh, God. <laughs> that's why that's why season two is called Iron Fisting. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, the yeah, the new trailer is out. Uh, the series debuts on September 7th. Um, now, I don't know if you guys are, are, are well, I know I know you guys on that I'm talking to right now are. But I don't know about the, the listeners, how much of you guys are, are Netflix bingers and things like that. Um, but there's quite a bit coming to the Netflix service in the next coming of weeks. I don't know if you guys are aware, but in addition to Ozark season two on Netflix, we're also getting Jack Ryan season one on Amazon Prime on the same day, August 31st. I gotta tell you, that looks pretty good. Yeah. The, the, the Jack Ryan yeah. uh, show on Prime, that looks really hot. And I don't know if you saw Ozark season one, but that show was damn good. I did I, not. I have had a lot of people recommend it. I have no idea what either show is. So Ozark, uh, you know, this is this is Netflix with uh, Aaron Pauly and Wayne. Ozark uh, <laughs> is Jason Bateman, and it's very much a Breaking Bad type show, um, but instead of drugs, it's about money laundering. Uh, and you know, you watch it and you come out of it and you're like, huh. Maybe I do know people who are in money laundering based on the way this show describes people. It's like, I do know a friend who has a lot of friends who are in construction and own their own businesses. And, you know, he, he does his own contracting. I'm like, hmm. Tim. <laughs> um, Ozark that's is, why, is that's great. That's why Tim's not here this morning. He's busy laundering his money. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, highly recommend Ozark and very much looking forward to uh, Jack Ryan. And again, Iron Fist, that second season... Don't tease me, Netflix. I know one. They cut it down to ten episodes instead of thirteen this year, um, which will be tickles nice. Paul. Paul likes that. I do. I, I'm like keep it keep keep it short, sweet, and to the point. 
All uh, wants it compressed, much like Colleen Wing. Exactly. <laughs> I don't need that Brian Michael Bendis decompressed storytelling that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. I uh, want that that nice, compact storytelling, and the the trailer's badass. That then you know they brought in a new creative team for the show. Uh, I'm I'm pretty happy about what I see so far. Well, you know, one of the high points of Luke Cage season two was the guest appearance by Iron Fist in one of the episodes. And, you know, you could tell that the, that at least the the producers of Luke Cage understood what Danny Rand and that clue to how much Danny Rand will have changed and the approach to Iron Fist will have changed in season two. So I got my fingers crossed. I, I really wanted to like season one. I did not. Um, I, uh, I, I am really hoping that they, that they win me back on season two. My biggest disappointment with is, is, is Wayne. <laughs> well, my second biggest disappointment <laughs> is that watching the trailer for Iron Fist season two, gives me the impression that I need to watch that fucking Luke Cage season two that I've been avoiding watching. I, I, there's only, I mean, I don't think so, Paul. I mean, uh, it's got Misty Knight in it. Well, it does have Misty Knight and I mean, spoilers, she's got a bionic arm. Um, about time. Yeah. Um, and that's like episode four. Um, I don't think that there's anything in the episode with Iron Fist and Luke Cage season two that that is is likely going to carry over because it was really all about Luke. Um, so no, I, I think you I think you can go right in. I think I you would because so, I have no intention of watching Luke Cage season two because I couldn't make it past season one. Well, season season two was uh, a strong B B plus in my opinion. I really enjoyed it. Hmm. Mm. But, you know, I mean, seriously, I'm not trying to sell you on it. If you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. I think you'll be fine. Yeah, I think that I think that they they engineered season two. So and I think this may be true with kind of what they're doing on all of them. Now that we're not leading up to like a Defenders season two, I think that these seasons are kind of standalone. And here's the thing. I want them to be good. I want to see them. I just don't want to waste my time. Sure. Especially, like I said, with two brand new shows that I'm interested in starting on August 31st. Yeah. Well, that, 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 that is our sole Marvel conversation for the day. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Now let's talk about DC stuff. Okay. So, so since we were talking about TV shows, have you guys watched uh, the rest of Krypton? I, I have. I'm like, I'm like seven episodes back. There's only like I... eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I binged it recently to get to the uh, the end, and uh, while I wasn't sure after that first episode, it didn't sell me. I really enjoy the series. I, I you know I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. I, um, I was a I was a little disappointed with the wrap up uh, with the way they wrapped up the Brainiac storyline, given how awesome the character design was there. But in general, I think it's an enjoyable show. Uh, you know, it, it 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 is a show that is. I think it's ten episodes. Uh, you know, I jest with it being eight, but I think it's ten. But every episode, it, it it's very serial storytelling. There's no side quests that have nothing to do with the main plot line. There's no random episode seven of Stranger Things season two that just has nothing to do with the rest of the series or sets up a spinoff or anything like that. It's all just like ten episodes, one story. And I, li- I appreciate appreciated that about that show. Like Aaron said, I like it compact. And I killed the conversation. 
I'm, 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 I'm not that deep into it. I think I'm only like three episodes in or something. Yep. And there's a lot I would want to say, but I don't want to ruin it for Aaron. So I appreciate that, Wayne. Yeah. Is that but available streaming anywhere? I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I haven't seen I it on can't. Netflix yet. Yeah, I'm not sure. I just had it recorded on the DVR. Yeah. You know, uh, we, we haven't talked about them on the show, probably because nobody nobody on the show has gotten them. But um, have you guys checked out those 100-page giants that... Uh, oh, at Walmart? Yeah, Walmart. I have not. I, I, I try to avoid Walmart. Uh it, it's a it's a terrible experience, <laughs> yeah. But I have been real curious as to how they're doing, and I thought I saw an article this week saying that that some of the WalMarts are starting to pull them. Yeah, what are these? What are they? I hadn't heard about them. So DC is releasing hundred page giant stories. Now some of it's reprints, some of it's uh, new stuff. They're five bucks, I think, for a hundred. Yeah, there's n- there's new content in each one of them, but a lot of the content is a reprint. Yeah. Well, kind of starting- like the old hundred page giants. Yeah. Yeah. And starting in issue two, I think, of both of them, which should be out any day now, uh, there is a 12-part story from Brian Michael Bendis in the Batman one and a 12-part story from Tom King in the Superman one. Um, original, like new stuff. I think the Tom King one is drawn by Adam Kubert. Mm-hmm. I don't recall who draws the Brian Michael Bendis one, but it is another superstar artist. Um, no, I've been I've been real curious about it. I mean, I, I think there is a solution to uh, putting comics in, in more commercial mainstream. Probably a good for that. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot more of the digest ones, too. Yeah. You remember we talked about a while back. Marvel made a deal with Archie to help get the digest yeah. books. Yeah. I've been seeing those kind of on the uh the impulse buy at registers right yeah hey um so aaron you you had mentioned that they were pulling them yeah i i saw i read an article i think it was on bleeding cool that uh they were talking about and some of the walmarts are 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 shrinking that section uh because i I think the 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 section that they have them in is kind of like the greeting card section a bunch of print media kinds of stuff there and they were starting to shrink some of that and some of them were even pulling them oh well that's a bummer to hear but it, it wasn't it wasn't Walmart wide. It was just certain Walmarts were doing that. Uh, um, so the uh, the artist on the Brian Michael Bendis Batman is uh, Nick Darrington, who's the cover artist for the Mister Miracle books. Yeah, those are. The, I I really want I really want to see these. I just really hate going to Walmart. I do too. I wish and, yeah. <laughs> you know. I guess I want them to be available digitally, but I guess that eliminates the point, right? <laughs> the right. whole point yeah, exactly. is to introduce young and new readers to this affordable affordably priced i mean you know five bucks for a hundred pages that that'll keep a kid busy for a couple days well you know i I remember we would do road trips and i i would my dad would say okay you know here's some money go buy your comic books off the sprint spin rack right at the newsstand and i mean i remember picking up the big you know superman family book and the uh batman family book and then there was this big you know one dollar one dollar special for justice league you know, and there each of those were a hundred pages. So looking at what's in these for the first issue, the Superman one doesn't make a lot of sense. So the Superman one, you have a uh, chapter one of a two-part endurance story written by uh, Jimmy Palmiati. Palmiati, yeah, yeah, and art by Tom uh, Dernick, which is uh, fine. But it also includes the Terrifics number one, Green Lantern number one, Superman, Batman number one. That would make sense at least. Why 
does it have the Terrifics or Green Lantern? That makes no sense. Eh, you know, I, here's the thing. I know it has Superman on the cover, but I think they're just trying to promote. They are trying to get kids to say, oh, I really liked this terrific story. That, that looks cool. Yeah. But the others, when you look at them, like Teen Titans has Super Sun, Sideways, and Teen Titans number one. Sideways doesn't really fit, but it's at least a teenager. There's a theme there. Batman has Batman, Nightwing, Harley Quinn, all in the Batman family. Yeah, true. Well, you know, they're then just the messing, they're, League, they just did to piss you yeah. off, really. The Justice League <laughs> one has a Flash story and an Aquaman story, and you know, at least they're members of the Justice League. The Superman one's the only one that doesn't make sense. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm assuming, you know, it is. And here's the thing: they did that back in the old days, right? The 80 page giants weren't 80 pages or 100 page giants, whatever they used to be, weren't all Batman either. You know, they they used those backup stories yeah. to promote new work hell we see it nowadays but yeah it's 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 interesting yeah, why but not, why not what? have like a supergirl number one or super sons would have been good in there as well well because supergirl sucks and super sons is canceled actually i will tell you that the new supergirl uh where she's hunting down rogel czar is actually pretty good I don't know. Rogel's are just, I mean, the, the, the mere mention of it. That's a four-letter word on this podcast. Well, I agree. I agree. I should, I should correct. She's not hunting down Rogel's are. She's hunting down the truth about Rogel's are. Gotcha. Well. But it, it was a really good, I don't know. Did, Wayne, did you pick up Supergirl? The recent I did. Supergirl book? I did. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I And I particularly enjoyed that Crypto's in that with her. Uh, I, I dug that book a lot. You know, I'm already sold on a. I like Supergirl as a character. Uh-huh. It's just her book usually isn't particularly good. But you know, I'm sold when Crypto shows up too. Absolutely. Well, I mean, and it's in the fact that uh, this one didn't suck. Like I've not liked the new Fifty Two uh, take on Supergirl, but I liked this book. I liked the way she thought. I liked how she engaged. Uh, you know, the supporting cast. I, I thought it was a good book. Yeah, yeah, with the whole rebirth stuff, I think they really re are at least one of the recent relaunches. They definitely changed her a lot. Yeah. Well, and the Kevin Maguire artwork is wonderful. I love the Kevin Maguire artwork. You know, I joke about it, but I probably do need to pick that book up. You do need to pick it up. It's whimsical, Paul. Whimsical. It's full it's of whimsical. whimsy. It's full of whimsy. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's now we're sounding like a Winnie Wendy the Pooh podcast. Whimsy, yeah, sir. Whimsy. Well, and and what's more whimsical, Paul, than the 90th anniversary of Batman? I don't know that that's whimsical. So oh, much no, as it's tragic. It's, it's full of whimsy. I mean, that's that's <laughs> that is 90 years of anger and depression and it's sadness. Not, it's 90 years of pearls falling on the ground. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, dude, your crime died 90 <laughs> years ago. I think it's time to get over it. Yeah, get over it, pal. There's a few years of the Batusi in there. <laughs> well, next year, 2019, will be the the the. And I'm sorry, I said 90. It's 80. I wrote that wrong. Yeah, Paul, what's up? Why are you adding 10 more years? I mean, 10 more years onto Batman. Yeah, I what mean, 80 hell, years. I, 80 years, I get the anger. 90, I'd say get over it. And now, Batman uh, Detective Comics 27 premiered in March 1939. Um, so next year will be the 80th anniversary of Batman, which will also feature Detective Comics 1000, which will likely cost more than $5. Um, uh, Pete Tomasi and Doug Menke are taking over Detective Comics this December. 
which will build up towards March's Detective Comics 1000. Obviously, Tom King will continue his Batman run through 2019, uh, and it was recently announced as a planned 103-issue run on the title. I'm sure there's a reason behind that number. Um, but yeah, next year, 80th anniversary of Batman. There will they they have a little Batman 80 years logo. It'll it'll be a thing. Um, you know, it's a, it's a shame that the Batman movie stuff is so you know is is dealing with some crap because it would have been great to have a Batman movie on his 80th anniversary or at least a movie featuring Batman. But I don't think we're going to get either. Right. Maybe we'll at least get a good cartoon. Well, maybe we'll get another good porn parody. Oh, How about yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> another good porn parody? How, how about a ah, good porn parody? <laughs> well, and if, if Tom King is due for 103 issues on Batman, that means we are officially past the halfway point. We have 50 issues left uh, because this week, Batman number 53 came out. The conclusion of Cold Days, um, and which is the three-part... Uh, arc with uh, him on writing, le- weeks on art, and uh, this is you know, Bat- Bruce Wayne on the jury for Mister Freeze, who has been brought in by Batman. Yeah, and you know the the way this has shaped up is you know it is uh, it is Mister Freeze who's on trial, right? But you know Bruce turns it into a trial on Batman, mm-hmm. you know, and you know it, it is really. You know, the concept of Batman and the way we regard Batman, uh, uh, you know, is all on trial. And and I found that really interesting. And, Paul, I know you and I have uh, different opinions on this book. Yeah. So I didn't care for this book. Um, I I felt the the message was way too heavy handed. Um, I just, you know, and and for me, it was it was a slug to sit through uh, all that expositional um, BS and 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 that and don't get me wrong, uh, you know I I understand what he was going for. Well, I, of course I understand what he was going for because he spent you know eighteen pages of a twenty page book telling me what he was going for. So I just felt it was a bit too a, a bit too heavy handed for me. I didn't find it too heavy handed at all, and and I I, I like this uh, this book rather a lot. The now first off the I find it amazing that. Uh, is it Lee Weeks? Is that right? Correct. Um, he is so masterful in the way he visually tells a story that he makes uh, the jury room interesting. Uh, I, I was I was really impressed by how much is going on on these panels. And I mean, there are pages where he has got uh, you know umpteen different panels on the same page, like the the where we're looking at the different jurors. So you've got. 12 different panels as each juror is listening to Bruce, you know, talk about this situation. You know, what we find in the, in the pages of this book and that Bruce is essentially confessing to the jury, uh, you know, without revealing the fact that he's Batman. But, you know, he, 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 we always talk about how Bane broke the bat, but Catwoman broke Batman, you know, and he, you know, he, it sent him over the line with Victor Freeze and Batman had to put himself on this jury to make sure that they didn't come down on a wrong decision for Victor Freeze. It was the only way he could kind of fix this without, you know, revealing, you know, himself as Batman. Right. Yeah. Um, 
And one of the things that I particularly enjoyed about this book is it 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 it, it touched on faith. And it talked about how Bruce's father was a man of faith, but how after his parents were murdered, Bruce lost faith. You know, he, he, he couldn't he couldn't believe in an all powerful God. He found he had to create something within himself to believe in because he couldn't believe in this external force. He he didn't you know, how could a benevolent God allow that to happen? So Bruce creates Batman. And I just I really enjoyed, you know, his exploration of of that, his acknowledging you know, his, his father's faith, but also, you know, talking about, you know, I believed in Batman, but Batman's just a guy. Batman is not God. Batman is not infallible. Reasonable doubt comes to, you know, brings us to, you know, Batman could have been wrong here. And one of the things I'm reading on this, and it reminds me of any number of different detective stories, you know, I've seen on TV, doesn't it call into question every case the Batman has ever worked. You know, if if Victor Freeze is innocent because the jury found reasonable doubt because, you know, Batman is not infallible, doesn't that call into question? Isn't that grounds for appeal? You would think so. And maybe yeah, that's I what mean, they're setting up. Yeah, maybe. Maybe because I'm like, um, you know, this is like when you find a crooked cop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, calls their entire their, their entire case record into question. Now again, it was it wasn't in evidence; it was from the jury. So maybe that's the difference. But uh, anyway, I just I I found this uh, to be a a really well told story, and and uh, I I super enjoyed it. I thought I thought the, this was a very interesting, unique sort of arc uh, for a Batman book. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, it, for me, I, it just didn't connect with me, and I I think a lot of people are enjoying it. Uh, mm-hmm. But and I will say uh, no problems with the Lee Weeks art. I think Lee Weeks is is a masterful storyteller, and uh, the fact that he's been working with Tom King on Batman uh, lately. You know, he did the the Batman Elmer Fudd book, which I know I'm the only one who read. <laughs> but uh, but they they do they do feature the uh, Porky Pig bar uh, bartender character in the yes. pages of Batman since that book. Um, but I, I do enjoy when they team up. Well, I do love that the, the book, you know, decided he needs to, you know, reset. And the way he's resetting is going back to his original uniform, his his original costume. Yeah. I love that. But, you know, it's funny because it's like it feels like he just got this new costume. Uh-huh. But at the same time, if you think about it in issues, it it's it's 53 issues. Right. Because yeah. he, that introduced that 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 um, costume was introduced at the end of the Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo. Right arc, um, and so the fact that it, wow, well, yeah, I guess it it it's been longer than it feels because these books are biweekly. Yeah, well, I just I, I like the idea of him going back to something a little bit more basic, and you know, I was I was going to to make a comment on the variant cover. One of the things I don't like in a Batman costume is when his shoot, suit is shiny. Yeah, because I don't think that you know if you're hiding in the dark you don't want something that grabs the light i feel like the 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 leather on batman's uh uniform ought to be matte right you know it shouldn't grab the light and uh so i i i, I i'm so glad that he's uh, going back to a, a a more basic uh outfit so but i will say i liked the variant cover it looks like a movie poster to me it does i just don't like it shiny yeah 
I don't like a shiny Paul. Are you picking up that Heroes in Crisis book that they advertised? The Tom King Clay Man book? Yep. Yeah, I think it starts in September. Yeah. But one thing... I, oh, I am not, however, picking up uh, Batman Damned by uh, Brian Azzarello and Lee Bermeo, largely because I don't much care for Lee, Lee Bermeo's artwork. See, the Heroes in Crisis I plan on picking up just because of the the lead-up in Flash. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I hope it's good. Uh, I don't know, Wayne, if you've picked up any DC books this week or last week, but there's a preview of this DC Black Label Batman Damned Mature Readers uh, story from Azarello and Lee Bermejo. It's a three-issue oversized prestige format limited series. Um, I, I, I like... See, I, I actually like Lee Bermejo's art. Uh, Brian Azarello, I'm hit or miss on. I don't know. I, you know, these... The, if if these pages are indicative of the story that I'm in for, if these are their best foot forward to get me to read the book, then I'm not interested. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm just not a big Bermeo fan. It's just a little too uh, gritty for me. Yeah. Well, um, also from DC, even though the, it says Jinx World on the cover, you know, DC, when they signed Brian Michael Bendis, they allowed him to have his own imprint. Um, that they would publish Jinx World for his creator-owned books. So the stuff that he previously did under, um, I don't even remember what the the the, the name was uh, from Marvel, but books like Powers. Uh, icons, I think. Icon, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, you know, so the stuff he did there, he, he, he brought his alias cohort, Michael Gatos, with him. And they have teamed up on a new book called Pearl. And uh, the first issue came out this week. I gave it a shot, even though... Aaron, I'm not the hugest fan of Bendis' creator-owned stuff. I find them all a little too similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I almost picked it up, but then I looked at the preview pages, and I just... It's a stylized art that I just couldn't get past. I I actually rather like the art. Uh, I'll, you know, spoilers, I rather liked the book. Um, it reminded me a lot of Alias. Um, Case in point. uh i I, you know i i I liked alias a great deal in fact alias is is one of those books that got me back into back into comics after i had taken about a year off um way back in the day uh i I thought this book was really well written i think it's super interesting you know we, we get to see some yakuza and some tattoo art and uh you know this woman who is a tattoo artist herself gets pressed into being an assassin uh, for, you know, competing gang for, for a gang that she uh, has been doing tattoo art for. Um, I thought it was really well told. I liked the character work. I liked the dialogue and, you know, Bendis is great at dialogue. Yeah. Uh, so, so I liked this book fr- from beginning to end. I... How, how, however, <laughs> Ooh, okay. I, I, I don't think this book is going to read well in single issue format. Yep. I think this this is a book you have to read collected, and so while I bought the first issue, I'll be waiting until the until the uh, first arc wraps up and pick up the graphic novel. Yeah, I agree. Uh, th- that was going to be my point exactly. I, I didn't mind the first issue. I really yeah. didn't. I thought it was enjoyable. Um, I'm interested in the story. Uh, I, I, it doesn't say on the cover anywhere how how many issues are planned for this. I don't know if it's like a six issue miniseries or something, but yeah, I will likely wait until it's all collected or, or there's a sale on, on, on them to get the entire arc because it is, it very much feels like a TV show or a movie in that, you know, a TV show like that I'd prefer to binge or a movie yeah. that I'd like to sit yeah, in yeah. and sitting. It, 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 yeah. it very much feels like that. And I know it's that super, sucks. It's super noir in its texture, right? Yeah. 
I, I mean, the, the, the color palette, the way the story is told, I mean, it is, it is so film noir, which is not to, to be on to, to, to not be expected from Bendis because he likes that kind of thing. He, he's a film guy. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a moment, but you know, this is, this is right in his wheelhouse from, for what he enjoys. And I think that, that, uh, delight, uh, the writer's delight is sort of on the page. You can tell he's having a good time. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It is a. It's. It's. I. It is definitely a book that you can tell they are passionate about. They. They put a lot of effort into. Um, and I know trade waiting is what's killing the the comic shops. But yeah. quite frankly, this is a book that's written to be read in trade. Um, if the the end the last page of this book is not really much of a cliffhanger. No, not at all. <laughs> it just kind of stops, in, yeah. you know, during the story. So it, it, it feels like this was written for the trade. So that's the way I'll read it. Yeah. Really, is any Bendis book not written for the trade? Fair point. So well, we'll there is that. a... Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I said, well, we'll talk about that in a minute, actually. So uh, I think one of the things that I enjoyed the most about the book, not to, I, I, again, I'm I, not to diminish uh, Pearl, but one of the things I really enjoyed about the book was the backup feature. That was unsolicited. It was ab- absolutely free. wasn't part of your purchase price. It's just something that they threw in, and it is an Elseworlds feature or a ba- Elseworlds backup that uh, Bendis and Guidos did years ago, long before uh, uh, Bendis signed his exclusive with Marvel. And it is a Batman Elseworlds story called Citizen Wayne. You know, sort of a riff on Citizen Kane. And I thoroughly enjoyed this. It was a little cheesy, but I enjoyed it. Um, you know, it's well done. It's got that film noir take that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, it's it's funny because, uh, you know, he he was he, he basically forgot he did this. You know, right. he, he describes it. He's like, you know, people are excited to hear that I'm doing this Walmart ep- Batman epic. It's my first Batman, and he said, but fans pointed out that I that I actually did write Batman before. <laughs> um, and yes and no, right? Batman never appeals in, appears in this tale, and it's an Elseworlds story. Right. Uh, and, you know, Batman Chronicles issue 21 was when it was originally printed. I don't know if you guys remember that book. I, I do. Way um, back in the day. I mean, that's n- 90s, I think, yeah. is when that book was published. Um, yeah. Well, so, and I mean, think about it. This is way at the beginning of Bendis's mainstream comics career. So, I mean, in addition to, you know, I think it's kind of a cute story, you know, uh, it's also getting to see both the writer and the artist at the beginning of their game. Yeah. And being able to compare in sa- similar tones. Yeah, this is a, this is a straight up DC character, but it's told in a noir style, not dissimilar from Pearl. So it's nice to be able to compare and contrast the stories and, and the manner in which they're they're telling it. I uh, I thought it was a really I thought usually you get you get a, a backup feature and it's just you know some trash that you got to pay for. Um, I thought this was both in keeping in tone, uh, both in the, at the meta level as well as the story level. I, I agree. I enjoyed it. Um, and in the back, there's a little you know essay from Bendis, but also shows some of the other books coming from Jinx World. Uh, so Pearl number one is the first one. In a couple weeks, we're going to get cover number one from Bendis and David Mack. Um, following that, we're going to get The Return of Scarlet from Bendis and Alex Maleev. And then The United States of Murder Incorporated uh, from Bendis and Michael Avenoming in September. So I, I don't know how he's got time to do all this. Bendis is just a, a writing machine. 
yeah. Well, I feel like some of these have maybe been pent up stories. Oh, maybe. Uh, you know, during the transition from Marvel and when he was sick, that kind of thing. Yeah, you may be yeah. right. And let's face it, Marvel, he tended to write a lot of books. They don't have him on a lot of DC yet. Yeah. yeah. Well, they do have him on Action Comics, which next week we get a new issue of Action Comics from Bendis and Patrick Gleason. Um, is anyone in for that? I am. I'm picking up that one. Yeah. Yeah, I'll pick it up. Well, we'll also it's, get. It's got Patty G. <laughs> it does. You got to pick it up if it's got Patty G. And that wonderful Patty G art. Uh-huh. Um, we're also getting new issues of Amazing Spider-Man and Justice League Dark, uh, which I know we... we I, I love Justice League Dark. I'm very much looking forward to that. Detective Chimp. Yes. <laughs> um, as well as The Flash from DC Comics. Um, now, a couple of out-of-left-field things that are coming out next week. Batman Kings of Fear, written by Scott Peterson with art by Kelly Jones... Uh, so Kelly Jones, depending on how you feel about him, you know, he's he's a good horror artist. This is a new six-issue miniseries featuring the Scarecrow uh, and Batman. I might check will, out the first will, issue. Will Mrs. King be in that story as well? Maybe. Maybe. If we're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the most interesting new releases next week is, uh, I think it's IDW? Uh, let's see who the publisher is on this one. The publisher is... I don't know. Um, it is IDW. My apologies. Um, is reprinting, uh, collected here for the first time ever in black and white, the Mike Mignola Bram Stoker's Dracula adaptation. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah, it, it has been it has been out of print for 25 years. And if you guys haven't seen this, uh, this is one of Mignola's best um uh, you know, pieces of art. And I, I, you know, it's, it is just a wonderful book. And I, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing that again, actually. Yeah, no, I'm down for that. I think that's great. Yeah. When it was originally published, it was published by tops comics. I don't know if you guys remember that, that, that comic company. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So looking forward to that one. Excellent. Well, guys, I hope you go out and make it a, a terrific week, make it a terrific week. Well, it's already terrific. Well, no, this this is the end of this week. That's right. So next week may be less terrific. Yeah, you got you got to start fresh and make it a terrific week. I'll do my best. You do it, Paul. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm on it. Okay, thank you. Hi. You too. You too, Wayne. All right. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.